Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, the package tourist and the magical mystery tour called life, Matthew DBI's. Tonight's guest is hockey novelist Brad Burton. Brad is a lifelong hockey enthusiast who has spent the last 26 years of his life playing hockey at the AAA, Junior B, Junior C, Senior AA, and at the minor league levels, and now coaching at the Bantam AA and Junior C levels while also venturing out on his own and running his own hockey player development camp. Last summer, he released his first book, a novel titled Making the Cut, Revolution Hockey Series. The book tells the tale of a junior A hockey club about to commence its first year of existence. Brad, please tell our listeners, what, what's the novel about? Please, what's the, what story does the novel tell? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, right from, from the get-go, I guess it uh, was kind of based on an inaugural junior hockey team. Uh, and it follows along primarily with uh, uh, an underage skater. Uh, DJ Roberts and and one of his best friends as the two are trying to make the team as underage skaters uh, and it just kind of carries them through the very start of training camp and into uh, what I call the Labor Day Classic Exhibition Hockey Tournament and the team will go through the, the, the whole phase of training camp and at the end of it they uh, find out whether they make the team or not, I guess, is, is the premise of the story. Now, when you say underage, Brad, what age level are these, are these, these two characters, these two kids? Yes. So the, the 16 year olds, uh, in junior hockey right now, I, I believe most leagues are only allowed to take two, uh, 16 year olds. So they were both, uh, characters that were, uh, trying out for the underage, positions on this team so uh obviously if if they're uh, kind of competing against themselves uh two best friends potentially going head to head for one of the spots so uh and then yes the rest of the players would be 17 18 19 and 20. okay now brad what led you to write the novel making the cut yes it, it's uh was Really, it's been in the, in the back of my mind for quite some time. It was, I kind of had an, an elaborate uh, um, plot that kind of came to me one day, uh, probably 15 years ago. And I, I remember it was kind of vivid, so I made sure that I wrote down kind of that storyline. And in 2009, I, I kind of was, I was out of school and, uh, and kind of just got got to kind of putting some words down on the paper and and kind of building the characters. So uh, I I was, took it right from the beginning where where it was kind of following who would be the main character right now, kind of of his progression in junior hockey. Uh, and I'd say at the the end of 2017, we went through a few uh, difficulties here with. With our oldest boy, he uh, uh, found out that we, he uh, was suffering from systemic juvenile idiopathic arthritis, mm. and um, yeah, so it was kind of like a switch, kind of you know, went off at the end of that year, and I kind of had a transition from the work that I was doing and a bit of off time where I was really able to just kind of 
try to find kind of maybe myself during that period. And, and one of the things that, that I got into doing during that time frame was back into my writing. So I kind of revamped the story that I had from, from a decade prior and, and really had some alone time to really put some focus into actually doing it. And, uh, a good bulk of that came of the whole story came in 2018 near the start of the year, uh, in between, um, getting started back up with, with my next job. So, uh, it sat, it sat around for a little bit. Um, and I worked on it here and there, I'd say the last 20% when, when, uh, kind of the lockdown hit in March, 2020, I, I just, just had that little bit of ambition to, I put it out there as, as a rough edit for, for some of the people, uh, that I knew that would, that wanted to read it. So it kind of inspired me to, to finish off and, and get to that final point where I could, uh, put that final word down. It, uh, Brad, is the novel contemporary or is it set in a certain time period? Yeah, and I, I really wanted to leave everything kind of open and like open ended in a, in a sense, uh, not really dating it or, or anything. And uh, I based it in Ontario. Uh, and I mean, I think if anybody were to pick up the book and read it and they might have history in junior hockey, they could correlate it to their own experiences. So I really wanted it to be something where it wasn't specifically here or there, but, but it would kind of really allow people to kind of just imagine to where, where everything, the time frame and, and actually where the team is located. So, yeah. Now the genre for the book, is it a, an adult novel or is it more for like a young adult or like te a teenage novel? I mean, in terms of genre. That was probably the hardest thing for me to kind of determine. Um, one of the things I had in mind was with, I, I now have three young boys, but at the time I had two young boys. So I wanted it to be something that was appropriate that I could read to them. And my oldest, who is now seven, he enjoyed listening to me read it to him for, for quite a while as each night he'd want to listen to a chapter. So uh, I made sure it was appropriate and something that a younger audience could enjoy. I, I kind of label it as the teen to young adult market, but uh, one of one of the first uh, persons, people that read it was uh, my father, who's seventy two, and he he uh, absolutely loved it too. So I like to think that anybody that's that really is into hockey or into sports uh, would be able to pick it up and and, and enjoy. Now, the book title suggests several possible sequels. So can we expect yeah. in the years you know, in the years coming more about this uh, ju the, the revolution, the Junior A Hockey Club, the revolution? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'd say I've, I've been working on the second one. It's been tough to find time to, to really uh, get into it. I had a few laptop issues so obviously for writing purposes that makes it difficult but i do have a new one so <laughs> all signs would lead to that can't be my issue for not writing at the moment so uh i've had 
a few other things, projects that I've kind of picked up and, and having the boys home all the time with, uh, being home from school and everything like that has, has been difficult to find that time to put into it. Uh, I, I believe I'm sitting around, I want to say 16,000 words on what would be the second book in the series. And, uh, as a part of kind of when, when everything was in the process of, of getting published, I had actually started to create some of the four stories. So, uh, I have kind of tried to build up a little bit of the story and was, I had a little bit of an audience that was kind of together on a Facebook group and I kind of post information on, or like each chapter kind of on there and, and kind of, I know it probably wasn't everybody reading it, but a, a few people were following, following along and, and kind of just, it would, it built obviously from where if it's a first year team, I kind of thought, you know, let's take this to the point where how did this team actually come into play with, with the executive forming forming the team and everything like that. So, uh, the, the prequel, I guess, I would say I do kind of even have anticipation of, of continuing that and maybe making it a two-part book uh, available at some point. Uh, and and I definitely am, do project to keep going when when I'm able to really get into that groove and, and put some words down. Now, when you do your sequels, will it always be this same revolution team or do you see your characters, those two boys, growing up actually moving beyond the revolution to like you know upper levels like you know uh eventually like ahl and then finally being drafted by the nhl do you ever envision that or no it's always they're always going to be junior the this revolution team yeah it's uh something that i've definitely have I've really put some thought into is the branching out and kind of bringing in a bit of a different element and and always kind of having it highlighted under the series, the Revolution of Hockey series, but uh, once you get introduced to the characters and and you, you know, the junior hockey, some players are there for uh, two years and and they could be drafted and and moving up or uh, at the junior A, it's not major junior hockey where where I base this team, the potential for them to be going to the NCAA and playing down there, which is actually which. Uh, my main characters, I uh, had kind of discussed whether they would go one way or the other, and that's kind of was the direction that they were leaning towards at this point of their career. So it, there's definitely a lot of different options, um, tying it in to even uh, like the world stage, and and you have the the under 17s and and the the under 18 tournaments and everything like that. So I, there's a lot of dynamics that I could really branch off to, to kind of maybe bring a bit different, uh, of a, of a scenario, I guess. Um, but I do foresee everything to kind of track the team at least immediately as, as those players would be kind of progressing through that maybe their first two years of junior, especially. Now, is making was making the cut conventionally or published, or was it self-published, Brad? Yeah, it went through Tellwell Publishing. So, uh, 
assisted publishing. I don't know exactly what their terminology would be, but uh, it was uh, it was a good experience, and they kind of left a lot of things in my hands to really make the decision. I really thought the process was appropriate for at least this first book to kind of kind of see how everything would go, and I. I I wouldn't even say that when I first started writing that I had foreseen that I was going to even get to this point. So, um, I mean, it was just, it started off as a project that I thought that I really enjoy the writing and, and being creative. So I, I let it kind of unfold and I examined a few of the options. And I think at this point, um, if I can kind of move forward with, with this second book a bit, maybe I could uh, maybe reach out to another publisher and see if, if it might be of something that interests them. Brad, tell us about your own career as a player and as a coach. What position did you play? And when you were you know playing hockey, did you have any famous teammates? Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. I played with a few really good teammates uh, uh, right from kind of the AAA level uh, in the area. I, I played with uh, Justin Peters and Callahan O'Reilly, uh, Cal, and uh, his younger brother would be Ryan O'Reilly. So there's a five years difference, but knowing Ryan from a, a young age, you you got, you got you knew that he was going to be something special. And training with, with those guys on and off over the years of, of getting to the junior level and uh, even went to when they were moving into pro and, and everything and just seeing their habits is, is something special. And, and you can kind of, you understand why certain players go on and do great things. Um, and it's their work ethic, it's their habits and, and everything like that. So I would say those would kind of be maybe more of the more prominent names. Uh, all, all three played it, and Ryan obviously still does. Uh, all played in the NHL, and uh, and and even to this date, there's in the senior league that that uh, has kind of been on pause since March of 2020. There's been plenty of uh, former pro players that have come back and played in that league. So it's it's kind of it's fun to stay competitive and and kind of in the loop with everything hockey. As far as uh, my my own career and everything like that, yeah, uh, I like to say that uh, I can draw kind of really from every position. I, I've been known to be the utility man, <laughs> I guess. So uh, I think it really comes across maybe in my writing is just kind of the knowledge base of each position um, and and then even progressing into the coaching and, and seeing some of the management side, it all really helps with kind of the details and, and everything like that. And from, from being a player and seeing it in one perspective to being the coach and seeing it in a totally different perspective, you can, you can kind of see where the frustrations for a player come from and, and, on the other side, you can see where the decision-making is coming from. So, you know, I, I was 30 years old 
uh, five years ago when I was still struggling uh, being a player and trying to rationalize some of the decision making. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, my yeah, just drawing from pretty well all all of those aspects of of my thirty two years of playing hockey is has kind of went into into the book. So. So is it accurate to say making the cut is a bit autobiographical? Is it accurate to say that? Because I know with some novelists, like their first efforts, there is always a good part of the autobiography when they write their first novels. I mean, how autobiographical is making the cut, you know, in terms of your own experience? Yeah, uh, I would say, well, and my wife would tell you, she she would be listening to me read it or she'd be reading it and she'd be asking, oh, is this you? Or is this your is this your best friend? <laughs> and I would just chuckle. Uh, I would definitely say there. It would kind of be the ideal me if I had to uh, had to put it correctly. I wa- really wanted DJ to to be one uh, like a, I don't know, without making him seem goody two shoes in that type of character. Really, just kind of having. The, the great characteristics of somebody that would propel and take their game to the next level and his best friend, uh, Brad Martinson in, in the book. And, and, uh, he would, he would a very genuine character and, and humble. And I think as I progress, some of those characteristics are going to be challenged. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, definitely. With the first, for the first book, I try to do the the idealistic of of what these players I felt like they should be like that, and um, maybe the conflict level really stems from the competition within the book. Where whereas as I kind of got further in in the story progression, I started to to see this as an opportunity to really advance into maybe using some teaching skills and, and uh, stuff that you might teach your your players and stuff and, and the me- mentality of how to be a good teammate and everything like that. So uh, using maybe some examples of real-life conflict that I've gone through or real-life conflict that you know is in every uh, hockey dressing room or sports or any aspect work. Um, just certain things like that and really try to bring in some of those other elements that might make the stories even, even um, better going forward. Is it now you mentioned earlier, is it true you're presently running a hockey development camp? If so, where is it located and how can people attend your camp? Yeah, it is true. I uh, really started it up in 2019. So my youngest son, at the time, he'd be my middle son now. He was three years old, uh, ready, willing to play hockey, but because of Hockey Canada mandates, they were not going to allow that to happen. So uh, we're located here in, in Sarnia, Ontario, uh, right on the border of Port here on Michigan. Um, and, and yeah, so kind of the, the idea of this, this was to really allow kind of the younger age groups to uh, get more ice time and everything like that. So 
Uh, I know there are plenty of, of camps that are out there that cater to uh, the older groups and maybe the more advanced skaters, but I, I wanted it to be something that uh, parents would have to break the bank coming to attend just to get more ice time, especially at that age. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really been something that's been growing from that point. It was, uh, it was kind of a, a, a sad moment when, when the pandemic hit, cause yeah. it was leading right into March break, which I was really gonna try to expand a little bit over that time and do a full day, a full day camp where I'd have, I believe I had 20, 20 youth signed up for it and we were going to have uh, pretty well a full day of, of events, two on-ice sessions and, and really trying to, to teach the game and, and just have fun with it. So um, it's kind of, it's been a tough period to, to really do anything. I, I look forward to the opportunity to kind of push through and on the, on the other side here, I uh, would say that uh, I, I would say that probably the the uh, my the biggest clientele, if you call them that, uh, would be really just kind of local players, and and uh, and I've kind of started to get into maybe expanding it. I've had it incorporated as a, as a a not for profit, and I would like to see it maybe having some sponsorship throughout the community so I can keep the cost of, of everything down and maybe even bring in, in some programs um, for youth that just want to be able to have the opportunity to try out hockey that uh, it's not something that their families can afford and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's really new. It's, it was kind of a tough time, <laughs> tough to see everything shut down and, and, uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm hopeful that things will pick up on the other side of everything here. Brad, please tell our listeners, where can they find this book? Is it available in stores? Yeah, I have it in a few local stores in, in Sarnia and Goderich and King Carden, and that's all in Ontario. Uh, the best way to find it is is probably on the online bookstores, uh, I, I'd say Amazon is probably the biggest one for most people. Um, and yeah, I'd say, I think Barnes and Noble and pretty well, I guess any, any other, uh, online bookstore may be carrying it. I would have to kind of investigate a, a, maybe a bit further with, with all the platforms that are carrying it, but uh, the best way to do that, uh, yeah, is probably I, I am not necessarily wanting to promote <laughs> Amazon, but you know, when that's where you can get my my uh, work, then I guess I have to. So uh, that would be uh, probably the number one option, and uh, it's available in paperback or uh, ebook. So. Okay. Brad, when can we expect the release of your next book? I mean, you said you're working on it. Do you think next year? Can we expect it next year or 2023? When do you expect your estimated release date? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I would say 
I, I currently am also trying to, uh, and I've really kind of let it kind of procrastinate a bit, uh, is do a, an actual audio book for the first one. So I have a bit of work to do with that yet. And uh, I would say 2022 would probably be realistic. I, I feel with knowing kind of the, the time frame of what I went through with publishing this past time and kind of where I am sitting with everything. It was uh, roughly 50,000 words that, that I aimed for. So I'd say I'm a third of the way there. And, uh, you know, talking to you, Matthew, is probably going to provide a bit of inspiration for me to to get back to it. So <laughs> Yes. I mean, I would love, because when it comes out, please let me know as soon as you can, because I've got a lot of empty slots for next year. And I'd love to have you on again where you can talk about the sequel. Okay, Brad? That would be great. Thank you very much. Brad, I want to thank you so much for appearing on my show. And I wish you the best of luck on working on your sequel and also getting your development camp back on its feet again. Okay? Uh, great. Thank you very much. Please take care. And please be safe. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing author and podcaster Ralph Tycho. Thank you and good night.